everybody. Welcome back. Yeah, we got an awesome day. Sean's coming to you from Taco. Where was where, where you at? Dude, you're so breaking up. It's insane. No breaking up, really. Allow me to play with my uh, my microphone here. Make sure all my settings are correct. Can you hear me at all? Might be my Wi-Fi. Seb, is he yeah. breaking up at your end? Yes, I am? sir, he was. Uh, is it clearer now? Yeah, you're good to go now. Good? Okay, see, see we're good to go now. Okay, good. All this newfangled technology, and sometimes it just doesn't work out. So, uh, super, Sean, I was saying... Super breaking up. Seriously? What is going on? I think it might be your headphones. Or Seb, am I breaking up still, or am I clear? No, you're, you're clear, and, uh, and Sean, you're lagging quite a bit, so whatever. Mm. It is what it I'll, is, boys. No, no, I'll drop the Wi-Fi, and I'll go to... Uh, bear with me. Raj, no worries. Um, we are... Let me just make sure we're all good. Oh, Steve is saying... Uh, I am now on uh, cellular, so hopefully that's better. Okay. Well, can you hear me now? Is it coming in clearer for you? Good. Okay. So now that we've got the technical issues sorted out. Sorry, boys. I know it's all good. I just wanted to make sure that everybody remembers to like and subscribe on the channel, hit the notification bell, and we're good to go. Oh, look at that. Julie Kelly's watching. Hey, Julie. Nice to see you. Hi, Julie. Hi. Um, and yeah, we got a, we got Steve joining us. He'll be here shortly. And uh, I just wanted to... First off, anybody, anybody got any thoughts? Anybody got anything uh, off the top of their head that they want to get into beforehand? Super quick, because I'm in the Nelson co-op right now. Uh, I'm probably getting some background noise from the AC. Are you hearing that? Not so much the AC, but I'm hearing like chit-chatter in the back. Okay, well, I'll kill. I'm going to do my best to keep muting in between uh, topics. Right. Maybe I'll just keep you muted the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Here I go. I'm about to mute. Oh no, I've got to say hi to our guests, so then I'll mute. There hey you go. pal, how you doing? How's it going? <laughs> hey gang. Can you hear me okay? We can hear you fine. All good. Perfect. Uh, uh, we got uh, another Patrick. Hey, good morning. Good to see you. Um so we're gonna we're about to jump into the a conversation here on a random topic that you know nothing about, but before that, can you give me like a little ten second uh elevator pitch? Who you are, where you come from, what you got, all that good stuff. Yeah, my name is Steve. I'm posted right now in Regina with the RCMP. Um, I do a lot of social media excerpts uh, to spread the good news, to spread the cheer. And, uh, I, you know, there's, I think that fundamentally we have uh, something in all of us that we want to expand, right? Who we are, what we do, our influence. So uh, I'm just excited to be here. It's so good to chat with you guys. Um, I haven't met any of you personally, but I feel like some of you I know. So often in the social media world, we we get to know someone and then we meet them. Um, so yeah, I'm happy to be here. Awesome. That does happen quite often. And actually, it was Sean and I and uh, even Seb and I, we, we'd been chatting for upwards of a year before we <laughs> actually linked up in person. It does happen pretty regularly. Um, okay, well, does anybody, Seb or Sean, you got anything on the top of your head that you want to dive into before we fall into a uh, a topic? No? Did you guys watch the fights this weekend? Ooh, the yes. Not... Just yeah. the last one. Was it good? I didn't see it. Yeah. yeah it was, it was the, also, the last also. fight was amazing. Okay. I'm going to go to the I YouTube. Was, uh, and... I w go ahead. I was just referring to the upset with Valentina Chevchevko and the way she, her back was taken. What a beautiful fight that was. That was amazing. And, and it's nice <clears> to see her. It's nice to see her be challenged. You know, like because mm -hmm. she's she is a killer, and and, and but it, but I think it, that poked her a little bit, you know. And now now the fire is lit up, and it'll be it'll be awesome to see her see her return. <clears throat> she yeah. needed it. That what happened is what she needed. That, we all needed it, by the way. She needs she needed that extra little push. Well, she didn't, but that's what she's gotten. It's going to bring the best, even more of the best out of her. So I think it's a great thing. Yeah, huh? I'm looking forward to watching it now. Um, I'm going to probably hit the YouTube later while I'm doing some construction. Um, so let's just dive into a topic then, I guess we'll, uh, what do we got here? Let's just pick something. So you're in Saskatchewan, Steve, right? What, uh, what part of Saskatchewan are you hanging out in? In Regina. Regina. Uh, I've been all over. Uh, I like it. 
I'm from Toronto originally, and uh, so, but I've been here for over eight years now in the province. So that city boy that once uh, lived no longer uh, is around because mm-hmm. I went back to Toronto in 2018. I badged over to Toronto City Police for a year thinking, hey, I'm going home. This is fantastic. Um, but I was there for all of a week and I realized that um, this no longer city boy is here in a mix of a jungle. And I just, I didn't, uh, I didn't love it. And, and I miss being a Mountie. Also, there was just something about that that sort of bothered me. I can't quite articulate exactly what, but um, so, so I came back. There's a lot of reasons why I did come back. Um, and no one reason in and of itself would have caused me to, to do that. But I'm thankful the RCMP, you know, took me back. And when I did, uh, they, so I've been in the South, Central and North districts. Uh, so even being here in Regina, I do like it, the amenities. And, and uh, but if I were to have an opportunity to live outside of a city, uh, I would, I would probably take it up because, uh, um, you know, comparatively, it's not Toronto. It's not, but it's nice to, uh, to have the amenities, but at the same time, open open space is also nice and there's plenty of it here in the province yeah yeah we just moved to sherwood park outside of edmonton so that i can specifically say that i don't live in edmonton (laughs) (laughs) Edmonton but uh but you're right it's nice to have the amenities but it's also nice to be able to get out pretty fast Uh, my my cousin actually is an rcmp officer in um just outside of prince albert up in northern saskatchewan there okay and he loves it out there he's got old old school country boy too so he's just having blast so here's a question then one thing that i've noticed within not only policing but uh not just sorry not just military but policing ems even fire um we tend to self-isolate and we do it for a number of reasons both good and bad and i find that I think maybe it's more of a personality thing for like people that want to serve, but also at the same time want to step back. What are you guys' thoughts on the self, the self isolation of these types of jobs? What do you think? Or am I even on the ball? I'll go. I'll I'll just throw in my two cents here. And it's ironic that this is the question because Steve is the example that I had no idea he was going to be the guest today. (laughs) <laughs> but 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 Steve and I were just chirping uh, back and forth at each other on my Instagram live just before I had to drive out to Nelson. And I don't think we've ever really chirped back and forth in the live uh, chat before. But I feel like I kind of know Steve to some degree. Not well, but I've been following what he's up to on social media. And I like it, man. And to self-isolation, the the dual ironic part is that he is literally out there in the middle of nowheresville at times. And I mean, it's, it's Saskatchewan, man. And, and, you know, there's, it's pretty rural and it's pretty isolated. And, and as I watch him do his thing, he's, he's kind of isolated from the massive cities. And if he was self-isolated on top of that, man, that's double isolation. And so that's a whole different thing than if you're downtown T.O. feeling a little self-isolated. So I'm curious as to what Steve's thoughts are on the self, self-isolation. self Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I think it's an interesting territory to tread into. Um, so one of the things that I, I think we all need to recognize what, what strengthens and bolsters our, our, our characters and our desires and that need to you know, to be included with people. And I found a lot of that through, through these types of platforms, you know, albeit a little superficial in as much as a screen to a screen, it's not person and nothing in my opinion can replace that person to person, that physical, you know, mm-hmm. hanging out. Um, but there's been a, a lot, when I started Real Cops Real Life, it was in, uh, it was when I was posted in Northern Saskatchewan where I did feel very isolated, both uh, uh, geographically but even even a little bit of uh, I was like an older fella in the in the detachment. I was the only one with a family uh, at that post. You know, I, I don't uh, I don't divulge in the wobbly puffs uh, too much. Uh, so there's a different just at a different stage of life. And uh, it's no better, no worse, just different. So I had to be careful to not kind of. Um, get myself into this corner of, uh, you know, you don't like me because of these reasons, or I perceive that you don't like this, you know? And so the creative that I am wanted an outlet. And so this, this kind of, uh, this outlet has actually, I feel has helped, um, 
me walk through some of that. And ironically, that's when Seb and I uh, actually met. I use met in, in air quotes. And and he was, and I don't say this because he's he's here. Uh, I would say this, and I've said this before, but he's been absolutely instrumental in me still being a part of the RCMP because there was a time when I was not in a great place and that isolation, I just felt like, well, maybe the best thing for me to do is just to get out of Dodge. You know, maybe the best thing for me to do is to pull the plug on all this and just resort back to whatever and to wherever. But um, so I found that if you can, uh, for me, this has been a a great uh, platform and I, and I don't use that term as far as YouTube or Instagram, whatever platform, but just the, the, the connection that's been built through through these platforms um, has been instrumental in, in keeping me level-headed and quite uh, quite honestly still in the game yeah seb you got any thoughts on that <coughs> excuse me you know you know me i gotta clear my throat before i <laughs> drop something <laughs> 15 seconds of absolutely no consequence um <laughs> so were you referring to us isolating as first responders hanging out with people like-minded or isolation, physical isolation. What were you exactly referring to? Because it, the, the beginning was a little bit, uh, you know, just um, unclear yeah, to me. So it's probably. I can me. clarify for sure. <laughs> so my thought, my thought on this was the fact that <clears throat> a lot of times for first responders, military and stuff like that, we tend to enjoy self-isolation. Like we like to hunt or we like to, um, you know, do jujitsu or do, do things that we are personally, like it set it separates us from our friends or it separates us from our family or we do things that will isolate ourselves for fun but we also tend to do it negatively as well and where you start to get into a bit of a rabbit hole and you start to say well you know no one no one really understands my problem so i don't talk to these people and then i don't talk but also the physical self-isolation of some flames yeah man i know guys that were posted in shiloh manitoba like <laughs> that is isolated right there's so there's the physical isolation, there's the emotional isolation, and then there's also the um, the mechanism of isolation in order to separate us from the job or from the family or from whatever is bothering us as well. So that's what I was wondering about in if you saw it as, depending on where you were, physically isolated or for yourself being in the city most of the time, like you could do that mentally and emotionally as well. Mm-hmm. So that's what I was going yeah. after. Okay, got you, bud. Uh, for me, isolation came by way of a willful decision to go recharge the batteries because I tend to soak a lot of energy and, 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 and it affects me, it, you know, one way or another. I mean, if it's very positive, it, it boosts me up. If it's, if it's not, perhaps it, it sucks the life out of me a little bit. But one of the things that's consistently helped is for me to go connect with nature and recharge the batteries. And now what I'm starting to see is that when I actually connect with nature, if I go in an environment where there's a lot of powerful, uh, we call it powerful forces of nature. And I don't want this to sound like completely out there, but say, for example, if I go somewhere where there's like a heavy volume of running water or mm. like, you know, like really strong, I, I feel like it, it actually helps me recharge the batteries even faster for whatever reason. And I have no idea. I, I have some incline, but I have no real, you know, um, idea of, of, of why it actually works the way it does. All I do know is that it does work, so I'm doing it. As mm. far as isolating from others on account of, you know, I'm different and we're not from, cut from the same cloth or they don't understand me, that's a victim mentality and I never had that. So I absolutely don't do that. I, ne- I never did that. In fact, I didn't hang out with, with cops very much on my time off at all. For me, it was having that balance. Like I work with, with, with cops and, 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 you know, full-time and when I'm not, I'm with other folks that do other yeah. things. And we don't talk about shop. I used to run a, a bit of a, a dinner where we had a bunch of members coming in. And we would go for dinner and we had a pot on the table. And if you, if you spoke about shop, you paid the bill. Mm-hmm. That was the rule. You know, you speak about shop, you pay the bill. And so if you're interested in, 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 in mingling with other members, but talking about the other things and the, the other aspects of their lives that are making them who they are, and you truly want to learn about, you know, other people's passions, those types of things, this is the place for you. But don't bring your, oh, you know, last week I did this and that and nobody cares, right? Like it was just a matter of, and don't get me wrong, like if somebody needed to speak about the job on account of, you know, venting or getting something off their chest or maybe speak about a critical incident they're involved in, definitely, I, I, I was all over that. But I'm talking about, as a rule of thumb, I try to ground myself in other things outside the world. 
And I spoke to this before, but we as first responders and even the military to a, to a certain extent, we tend to go from cynicism to nihilism very quickly. But in the cynicism realm is professionally induced, of course, we tend to disconnect and we tend to, you know, to see the world in a very different light. And when you have your friends and when you're grounded in a reality that isn't your daily reality, you're able to, to actually realize that, Hey man, there is a ton of good people out there. And what I'm seeing on the daily isn't a reflection of reality. So yeah. that's kind of, those are kind of my thoughts on that. Makes a lot of sense. Um, Sean, do you have anything else uh, on this? Yeah. I do, and I like it. So first things first, to, to Seb's latter point, which is, you know, trying to minimize the shop talk. That's kind of what we try to do over here at the collective. We don't, we don't spend the first half hour talking about how, how many whatevers we've got or whatever we're just about to do that's related to our job. We're talking about deeper, more thoughtful subjects. So to Seb's point, we try to keep business out of the topic. The other thing is, and I'll just throw this out real quick because I don't want to have all this background noise going, is Seb had mentioned going out into nature and finding areas that are powerful, we'll call them, where there's a certain feeling to them. I had this little chat with someone uh, not too long ago about how I've spent some of my life chasing the power centers in, in on the planet. You know, I'll give you one example, Machu Picchu, I'll give you another Example, the Giza pyramid, I'll give you another whatever, examples. And so what does that even mean? What is a power center? Well, I don't know, but I'll tell you how I figured it out. I went and did it. I didn't read about it in a book and shake my head and think, that doesn't exist, that isn't real, that'll never work, that isn't a thing. The only way to find out is to put your money where your mouth is and go stand in the pyramid and see what's up. And so there, I, I know it to be true. There's areas in the world that have power. But it doesn't mean that you got to jump on a plane and go hit it. You can jump in your boots and walk to it. And it's called standing next to a waterfall as an example. So nature is great. But plus, plus nature will find something that is going to be powerful in nature. Yeah, that's a great point. The, uh, <clears throat> the powerful, the first thing when you said, I like to sit beside or, or like to go near powerful nature, I was like a waterfall. First thing. Because it, it, there's a feeling to it, and I think it has to do with a lot of like the uh, the physical nature of it, in the terms of the humidity rises and there's spray. There's like a it's a sensory overload when you get kind of close to one, which I think lends to its power. But the uh, the real benefit is the fact that it it you don't you can't just like I'm at a waterfall, right? <laughs> it takes you a while. You got to walk there, or you got to hike there, or you got to climb there, or you got to get to that place and i think that that's that's part of it that helps with the the self-isolation portion of it because you can you can isolate within yourself on the walk or on the trip and you know work through some stuff if you need to or just enjoy the time or be present but you can it doesn't require a whole bunch of people it doesn't require um you know 16 or 17 people following along with you they, i mean that's awesome when you can have it but I think that's part of it is that it, this is why I want to talk about it because when we, we go somewhere on our own or we go somewhere with a group, we can still isolate within ourselves in order to go to do that thing as a way to recharge the battery, as a way to enjoy it. But it's also, it can also lead to a very negative, as you said, when you go from uh, cynicism to nihilism and it can like a flip of a coin some days where it's just like, yep. Eh. And the world is garbage. Right? Like, it just kind of <laughs> falls apart. Um, we got a comment here from uh, Scanman. It's a defense mechanism. It, I always thought it was a personality trait and categorized myself as an introvert in a busy, extroverted line of work. Now I use moments spent alone or in isolation as a time to reset mentally. That's a great point. Do you think that it has to do with... like? There's obviously defense mechanism when you pull pull back in within yourself but do you think it has to do with personality as well you think it might be two pieces or two sides of the same coin any steve any thoughts on that i think that we are makeup we might find that power that we're talking about in different areas in different ways and through different scenes if you will maybe not everyone gets that same uh pouring into 
from nature like some of us might. Maybe it's in the middle of something else. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I think we need to first recognize what is it that helps refuel our tank? Like what is it that we can absorb some of that stuff so that we can not be a subset like a victim uh, so that we can. Uh, and, and like, like Sean said, it's not about jumping out of a plane. You know, we got to figure out what our own path is that helps strengthen some of that. So I think the personality is, is just what it is that fills us up or fuels us up more so um, because but whatever that thing might be, I think it's just cognizant of all of us. We need to be cognizant of those things that, that do refuel us and, and go there. And, and so that way we're not, you know, we're not trying to pour from an empty cup. Mm-hmm. Um, so whatever that might look like for, for person A, it might be different than person B. Um, but I think that no matter what it is, there's something that has to quiet down the externals. And once those things are quiet, then we can start to reflect and really pull those resources into our minds, heart, and souls so that we can be um, better and, and, and better equipped uh, mm-hmm. to, to continue on in our journey. Yeah, I like that. Sever, Sean, you got anything to add? Yeah, that's a great point, Steve. And, um, and, and resilience, which is essentially the elastic band that we pull on and returns to regular baseline, needs the recovery. The, it needs the recovery. So what happens with people like, like us and people in the first response world oftentimes are people, the, the go-getters, driven individuals that, that want to go back out, that want to do the thing. And very often we do it endlessly. Like we, we, we have FOMO as well, you know, we're fear of messing out and we just want to go back and go back and go back. But we need to really reset and take the time to recover in between, in between the, 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 the incidents or in between the, the, the context that we're operating, operating within. And so that's a really good, that's a really good point. You need to know what works for you, not what works for me. And you may be, you may have to experience with things, but one of the things that I would that I would definitely suggest is for people to stop thinking that it has to be complicated. Like it doesn't have to be complicated and it doesn't have to be expensive. It doesn't have to be, you know, uh, necessarily, it it may be therapy, but maybe it isn't like you have to try, you have to try some things that may work for you. I know for me, if I reset my, whatever happened this week, if I reset on Sunday, I go to my mental health walk, which is precisely the reason why I started a mental health walk to bring people with me to feel the same thing Mm -hmm. on Sunday afternoon. Say if I take the baseline on Sunday morning and I uh, look at it again on Sunday afternoon, I'm a different human. It is absolutely, and I am, I am actually a different human in, in terms of outlook, in terms of uh, positivity, in terms of being ready to attack the week, those types of things. And at midweek, I will go out nature again, connect with nature, reset, boom. And I come back at my exact same baseline, which is my Sunday afternoon baseline. And so it, it, could be, it can be complicated and it can be complex and convoluted. Most of the time it isn't. The problem is, is it, it needs to start preemptively. I've heard comments from people saying, you know, I, 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 I don't have any mental health issues. So therefore, I, I really don't walk in nature or do things that, you know, and I'm like, okay, would you wait to be sick before you start doing the things that you need to do to prevent the illness from occurring? So it's important that preemptively, we already start front loading those things when we are well, now's the time, mm-hmm. not when, yeah. when the chaos hits. And so I, I, I'm, a, I'm a strong proponent of finding the mechanisms, whatever those are for you, to preemptively address your mental health before, before things compound. Yeah, that's a great point. Sean, you got anything? I do. Just a couple of things. One is to the comment in respect to introvert or extrovert. I'm not saying let's be careful. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is this. It's okay to better understand yourself, and it's okay to establish it as a label, we'll call it loosely, introvert. The challenge is once you get to know yourself and you give yourself that label, well, I'm an introvert and I need time because extroverts and blah, 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 and all that good stuff. Though it may very well be true, what I've seen kind of fall apart is when someone attaches that label to themselves with crazy glue. And they can't change because they feel Mm. that's all they are and that's all they can be. And they operate in a tiny little box called introvert box. And they will not step out of that box because they've identified themselves as an introvert. And it impacts the way they run their life because they feel I'm an introvert and introverts do this. And I won't do that because I'm an introvert. Well, it's 
it can be a corrosive, slippery slope that at some point you find yourself mega introvert rather than just introvert. And so that's the thought that I'm throwing out there to stay more open-minded in respect to introversion or extroversion. Uh, second thing is talking about, you know, Seb said, nature, challenge yourself, a little bit of adversity, all of these things. What I decided to do way back in the day was jump on a bike and start doing 24-hour solo mountain bike races. Why? Because I know myself, I like doing freaking hard things. And so in that freakiness, as I was doing that thing, I was also by myself in my head. No one's talking to you except you. And boy, oh boy, do you ever get to process a lot of stuff in the adversity of a solid 24 hours. It's way more effective than going to a ashram for a month in India. And it's way cheaper, by the way. And so find something that works for you, whatever that is. And that's the challenge is to rather than dabble in dabble all kinds of things all over the place, sit down, get to know yourself, understand how you're wired, what will stoke you, and then align yourself that stoke into something where you can think, where you can talk to yourself, where you can deeply consider the world around you while you're having fun. Yeah. I love this. It's really I like it. It's be intentional with it. Be truly intentional with what it is you want to do. And if what do you want? And in order to figure that out, you got to be intentional in figuring out what you want to do. <laughs> I just love it. Uh, we got another comment here. Uh, Steve, do you have anything else to add on that? Or are you ready to? No, it's all good. Okay. So we got another comment that says, My best sleep in a polypro, uh, poly lean to as a kid was always next to overflowing with my old man. I could see where that would be awesome. But it also goes to what you guys were saying is that there is, you have to know what you like. Because if I were to say, to my wife, hey, we're going to go sleep in a lean-to beside a river. She would lose her mind. She'd be like, no, not going to happen. Because that's not her sense of what is a good time, right? That's not something that would refill her batteries. But for me, I'd be like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> I'll get, I'll bring my axe and we'll get a fire started. Well, hang on a sec. Is there even a lean-to? Is there even a hammock that you could lay in? I mean, you're, you're nine feet tall. <laughs> perhaps i'm pretty sure big bird on sesame street had his own hammock so or i can build a nest hey there you go i'll build a nest it'll be perfect um but yeah so the reason i wanted to talk about it specifically uh self-isolation was was uh, it's similar to what you were saying sean was the fact that when you self-isolate you can also make those leaps even if you're isolating for a beneficial purpose or like going for a 24-hour mountain solo book, solo yeah solo race, or maybe you want to go uh, hike up Mount Fuji, or maybe you want like you want to find something that's really hard and then go after it. And in that isolation, you got to deal with yourself. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that that is one of the hardest parts if you've never done it before, if you've never <clears throat> been in that silence of yourself what are some tips for people to manage that? Because it can go south very quickly. <laughs> At least that's been my experience. I hope it does. Yeah. I hope it goes south. Get your south on. Like every day that you're trying something, go full south. Blow it. Let it go sideways. That's called adversity. That's called life lessons. That's called figuring yourself out. You know, mm. go, go do and by the way, I, I don't want to get it twisted. Yeah, I like to do 24-hour solos. I like to do this. I like to do that, whatever. I like to do things that have maybe an exclamation mark behind them. But you know what else I also like to do? Things that don't have an exclamation mark, like go out in the bush, sit on a tree stump, and shut up. That, that's what I call meditation. And so it's not something that I'm naturally inclined to do, sitting and shutting up. But it's what I need because that's also the challenge for me, not just challenging things. They're easy. It's the things that aren't challenging, like shut. I mean, I don't like just sitting and being quiet. It's hard. But that's adversity, baby, in a whole different way. And those are things that I also have to chase. Yeah, that's a great point. Steve or, or uh, Seb, you want to jump in on tips for dealing with yourself in those moments? 
I gotta send a drone to uh, to Sean's location to to witness this quietness that he speaks of. Right. <laughs> <laughs> You'll need a lot of batteries. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm sure this isn't a thing. The drone goes there and you see him like this. <laughs> just, just rocking still, a little bit. Just like, oh, <laughs> I'm on my 17th life today. Uh, no, I agree. I, 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 <laughs> I agree. I agree with Sean. I agree with Sean a hundred percent for me. It's been something that was forced upon me when I was very, very young. I, I was very isolated always, and I was by myself all the time. And the conversations I had with myself since I was a very, very young boy were very extensive. They were very long and very, and and they were they were two ways. It wasn't you know just just me telling myself certain things, but it was me listening to the things that myself was telling me also, <laughs> you know, and, mm -hmm. uh, and sometimes, and at times getting in arguments with myself and not talking for a bit and, and until we were ready again. And so uh, it, it, this is just, it's just been a thing and it is a very beneficial thing because what we do in the hustle and bustle of life is to leave the things that we, that are uncomfortable to address. And that's the best time to do it. And it is always uncomfortable, but growth comes from that as we know. And so, yes, push yourself in that zone and think about the things you don't want to think about and address and, 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 and it's, it's, you know, you'll be all the better for it. Yeah. I, I yeah. um, Steve, you got any uh, points before I, <laughs> I go on a little drive? Yeah. Just, I'm just going to read a lyric. It says, hello, darkness, my old friend. I've come to talk with you again because a vision softly creeping left its seeds while I was sleeping. And the vision that was planted in my brain still remains within the sound of silence. Mm -hmm. And that's, of course, Simon and Garfunkel's song, The Sound of Silence. Listen, I don't care how good of a listener you are. If you have external noises that are created through your phone and family and friends and screens and work and working out and all of those things, the more prevalent they are, the quieter that inside voice that, that challenges, whether it's a 24-hour bike ride or whatever that challenging voice that you know you need to listen to, um, it'll be overshadowed by all of those other sounds. So mm -hmm. come to know, come to, to learn to know that sound of silence and be okay with it. And by the way, the sound of silence today that's needed, uh, uh, it's not a one and done kind of show. As we grow and evolve as people, as humans, we adapt, we, you know, hopefully we're progressing in life. Um, it's like I was talking earlier. I, listen, I don't wait to change the oil on my car until my engine seizes up. I want to change the oil on my vehicle before the engine seizes up. Mm -hmm. So appreciate the sound of silence and uh, and listen to that to that voice that's going to challenge you in new ways. That's all. Yeah, no, that's uh, it's a great point. One of the things that my <clears throat> my psychologist and I first started working on was was the uh, all of the doubts and the things that were in the back of my head that were screaming at me in the silence, and uh, and it was getting used to that silence, just getting used to all the noises there and going, okay, yeah, whatever. And just let, like and letting it go. The challenge, I think, <clears throat> for some is that they've never had to experience it either young or like that this is as an adult is now the first time in their life where the silence of being isolated is negative. If you know what I mean, like as a, as a, it can be negative uh, when you're young, but I find that I guess maybe people realize it's, they feel like it's an ambush, even though it's not an ambush. Sean, I know it's not an ambush. <laughs> and I want to clarify that life is not an ambush, but I think that there are people who ignore it long enough. They ignore all those bad voices. They ignore dealing with all that thought up until all of a sudden, that's all they can think about. Because if you don't actually deal with those noises in isolation, that's all you're going to hear. So my, my question is, for someone that feels like it's an ambush, <laughs> how do we how do we explain to them the benefit of sitting in those feelings and actually of dealing with those feelings rather than ignoring them? Yeah, Sean. Well, I'll say this: that I spoke about this not too long ago, and I actually used these words: "Go outside, sit on a tree stump, shut up." That's called meditation. That. You said it a couple times. And I, <laughs> I did, and and so I think the main theme would be this, that it's our responsibility, the four of us, 
and everyone that we know who's kind of like us. It's our responsibility to start normalizing this stuff. Because I had mentioned at the time that I was raised in the military to be super freaking busy in my head as well as my body. And so any split second that I had where I could have thought, oh, you know what? I get to take a breath. That breath is filled with mission pre-planning, mission post-planning in the mission. It was constantly churning out work because that's the thing that needs to be done at the time. And through that pattern of churning, it then becomes a, 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 a given, a, a constant, a normality. And then the society that's wrapped around us uh, enforces the idea that if you're not being productive, what are you even doing? Are you, are you even an active member of society? And so there's a little bit of a message being pushed out there that you've got to be churning even just out in society, never mind being an individual churning in your head. And so I just wanted, it's, it's a dangerous thought construct if you feel like you've always got to be churning. Quite the contrary, you've got to find time to just shut up. Yeah. Uh, Steve, thoughts? Just, uh, I like it. It's, it's a, you know, we're human, we're human beings. And so often we like to really act like we're hu human doings, right? We just got to do, we got to do. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, man, we just got to be, that's it. Just don't, don't complicate it. Just be. And my, my encouragement to someone maybe listening who was like, well, I don't, like, I don't know. Okay. I can go sit on a stump, but I, I know like that's not going to, you know, for is, is, First of all, if you haven't done anything like this before and there's turmoil, there's something going on that feels off. One, I would say, well, how's that been working for you? And secondly, is like, uh, you know, you you got to step outside of that, what's comfortable to you. And and I started cold water therapy. I still don't know what I'm doing. All I know is I get in cold water. It sucks. But I start to feel a little bit better. The sciences and everything that's behind it. I don't know uh, all of it anyways. But um, how can I judge or how can I think it's not going to work for me? until I step into some cold water. So in the same way, uh, if you don't, if you don't try it, and if, especially if what you think you've been doing and, and um, you getting used to those, those voices that, and you just sort of, they become white noise, um, you know, try, try something that, that isn't, uh, that isn't been your everyday go-to pattern and break the pattern and, and sit and just listen. And so if that means 30 seconds, keep your phone down, like turn it, turn the screen like down, you know, so you don't see the light up, like get away from the, whatever that might mean. If it means going outside, just try for 30 seconds and make that 30 seconds a minute, just like I'm doing that stupid cold water stuff. I think it's stupid because it sucks, but you know, eventually you start to get used to it and then you're going to, I, I am completely convinced that you will find benefit. Yeah. Seb, any thoughts? Yeah, it's pretty much all been said, but you know, take something, take something into your mind that's, that's turning around in there that you've been putting off anything, something small. It doesn't have to be something catas with catastrophic consequences and something that you're deeply uncomfortable with. It could be something that you've just been procrastinating on because you just don't want to have that, that, you know, you just don't want to process that and, and go do that with that thing and see how you feel after i can guarantee you i have a friend i'll make an analogy here i have a a, a friend who uh, who approached me a while back and we were having conversations and it, it got a little uncomfortable when i asked about sort of his his financial situation and uh you know it's something he had never spoken to any anyone about but it was creating an incredible amount of stress for him an incredible amount but he buried it in there and really wasn't addressing it he was addressing the things that he thought he had to do to recover from the situation but he was not addressing the root of the issue and uh after we had after after his sort of introspection slash eventual conversation you know i haven't felt this good in however long that was is the words are the words that he used right and so mm -hmm. i believe that for me to stand here and tell you that jujitsu is good for you that this is this that this is that yeah it, it really won't matter if you don't if you don't take a chance and you try something try it do it you know and what happens with humans which is very interesting and and, and sometimes it can be frustrating also is that we will find reasons not to do certain things and we'll, we'll actually justify ourselves not doing it on account of 
injuries or things or all people train, you know, in this way or that way and they get injured. And so we give ourselves cop out, like copping out of things on account of either things that have no substantive sort of there's no evidence to support so to speak or or that it's no more dangerous than anything else but we're going to inflate the risk we're going to spotlight the risk on account of justifying not doing it that's when sean's little sort of sit on the stump and and zip it comes into play and then go ahead and address the things try something yeah it's just about beginning sean you got a point I do just uh, wanted to wholeheartedly agree with uh, both fellas and specifically the wrap up that Seb just did on that point, because mm, I think it's super important for all of us to recognize that we've all been in those moments, you know, where the hard thing that needs to be done is not the thing that we want to do, but we freaking do it. And so we're no different than anyone else, except we have the conviction to step into the moment and do it because we know that it works because we know that that's that's good because we know adversity is good for us but not everybody understands that and so to Seb's point these kind of things that need to be done that aren't happening are because there's a lot of reasons in someone's mind that they can't do it it's going to be too hard it's going to be too long it's going to be too expensive it's going to be too whatever dot 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 the idea is this yeah all of those things might be true but you can hedge your bets by going and doing it only for three seconds. Now it's five seconds. Go do something for 10 seconds. And if it's too much, bail. The next day, do it for 11 seconds. And then bail. And over time, you'll be over a minute. And you'll be thinking like, what was the big deal? Maybe. But maybe you'll get to a point where you think, screw this, I'm out of here. All right, bounce on to the next thing. Go line up your next three second thing that you don't want to do and go do it. Mm-hmm. There's a, there's a really great um, anecdotal story. I have no idea how true this is, but I had heard this through another guy and I've said it on the podcast before, but um, that there was a gentleman that was trying to get in shape and his trainer gave told him to do one thing, go to the gym for five minutes every day, go to the gym for five minutes and that's it. And then, once you're, once you're, after a little while, it's like, okay, now stay for 15. And then you just stay for 15. And it's, it's about building the habit of doing the thing rather than worrying about the, the thing. <laughs> I just love that. Um, Julie, Julie Kelly says, focus on being present and slowing the breathing in moments of adversity. This is a great point. And there's quite a bit of science behind it. Um, but do you, anybody want to, jump on anybody wanted to explain why that works i know sean does i can go ahead sean you take this dude i can see the big smile no okay seb it is you're up (laughs) everybody's waving it off i don't want to do it you're on seb (laughs) explain why this works well there's there's a variety actually you know what sean are you going to get into parasympathetic and all this good stuff because if so go ahead no i wasn't going to go that deep uh and so what i was going to say is julia's right We've both experienced it in moments of adversity out on 24-hour race courses. As an example, I've seen things go sideways for Julia World Championships. And um, how does she manage that? Well, she manages it because she's got a humongous body of work called adversity. And so she's learned how to deal with it through the process of being present and understanding that no matter how sideways it goes, you're still going to breathe a second later. And so dial into the idea that you're not going to stop breathing. The adversity may not go away. You just got to get right with it. And getting right with it means being present in the moment, realizing that it's going to happen. Nothing is so catastrophic that you need to stop breathing or need to stop moving or need to stop thinking. You just move through the adversity present in the moment. Yeah, that's a great, great demonstration. Uh, explanation there so have you got anything to add to that yeah yeah i'll just jump on this so you know when 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 stressors when stressors are introduced in our lives we start going from our cerebral cortex to the amygdala which is our monkey brain and we're edging towards the monkey brain as the heat is cranked up generally unless we're we have some degree of inoculation or some perspective we can draw upon or whatever the case may be and as we're doing this 
there's physiological consequences to 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 this to this right our heart rate is accelerating our breathing is shallower there's a variety of different defense mechanisms the problem with humans is defense mechanisms is always good for us and i and i've spoke to this at length before you know when when you make a decision that perhaps will, would get you killed but that was a primal decision and your body did that automatically as an automated response and so mm -hmm. one of the ways to 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 sort of lower uh, you know, you're, 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 as you're, as you're approaching the, the amygdala with a monkey brain where you're in full survival mode and you can make, you can make sense of nothing. You need to start logically overriding things, but the only way to do that is to be calm enough to do it. And so taking the time to be present, to be grounded, to breathe properly lowers those levels. And you are now at a, at a manageable level of stress. Whereas when you start hitting the unmanageable level of stress, you, you know, there is no winning there. Like this is all bad. And so, yes, breathing is, it's actually life-saving and I've done it. I've done it. You know, if you, you, we've all done it guys. I, I'm not, I'm not suggesting I'm the only one that did it, but I've, but I was at the back, you know, at the back of a house after, after thinking to myself, when I take a step in that threshold, I am a hundred percent dead. Like there is no doubt in my mind that is going to happen. Like that was the course of action and my heart rate, like climb up. And take the breath, do the things, and, and and eventually, you know, even have the ability to take in the fact that, hey, this might happen, it might not. I acknowledge, I acknowledge the wolf, but I'm not feeding it, and I'm not starving it. I'm just letting it be, and then flow in and do the things that I needed to do, and I'm still here. But, you know, it just, it, it's life-saving, is all I can say. Because if I went in taking the step, the step in with the attitude or with the physio, with the physiological response that I that I had initially, I mean, I don't know if there would have been an external threat needed for something to go wrong. I probably would have messed up something serious enough. Yeah, makes sense. The uh, I actually, this is, I, I I did it when we were on off Pegasus jump, as we were flying up in the thing, and I'm sitting there like, oh yeah, I can feel my heart rate racing. Okay. <laughs> and i just sat there and breathed the whole way up and then somehow still let go of a plane it was crazy uh, steve the uh any thoughts wait, wait, on wait 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 oh, you wait. tried to get back in though right, oh John? i did i did i tried to fly back in and it did not work his breathing actually speeded up in the air 100 percent. it did everything sped up <laughs> that was a good time uh, but hey you know what I got a pretty cool nickname out of it. So I'm <laughs> okay with it. Uh, Steve, any thoughts on breathing on uh, in those moments? No, I just think like it, it's a great point. And, and uh, Julie, thanks for making it there. Uh, I just think that once you, you know, you do it and you make a habit of it, it just becomes uh, easy, let's say easier and more natural. So then the next time something comes up, you know, you're going to have to think less and less about the act, the active uh, duty, if you will, to actually do that. And then all of a sudden you, you're just going to start noticing, Hey, I'm, I'm doing that. Yeah, it's that's what I'm trying to sort out for my boys as well. Sean? Real quick, because I know Julie, I've seen her in these moments of uh, tough times where our breathing should be elevated because of the stress of the moment. And one of the things that we haven't mentioned is irrespective of the person who's may or may not be struggling, if you're the right person standing next to them, you'll calm them down just by standing there, just by being competent, experienced, trustworthy, the man or the woman that's required in the moment to chill everyone out. We've all been around good operators who you step next to them and the world quietens down. The air feels a bit heavier. It, it's not quite a warm blanket around you, but it feels like things are good to go. Mm -hmm. And so finding those kind of people who are legit squared away can help you figure out how to become legit squared away would be my point. hundred percent. There's a great, uh, great thing that we're, what we're really getting at here is that it's, it's in your control, right? <laughs> it is in your control. Um, we got another comment. Winter storm 427 says, acknowledge the wolf, but don't feed it. Powerful. That is a great point. Cause if you starve it, bad things happen. If you feed it, bad things happen. <laughs> the best thing you can do is just be like, yep, it's out there. Okay. Uh, and apparently, Blackbird says, we could hear you sucking wind from the ground. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't doubt it. I was breathing pretty hard. It was fun. Um, oh, we got a question here. 
from Tanya, what experience do you have with paradoxical intention? Well, that's a good question. In these situations, coined by Frankel, example, I'm going to make myself as scared as possible. Uh, she says, P.S., this all sounds like radical acceptance. Love this. Any thoughts on that? Any experiences with paradoxical intention? Sean? Yeah, it's called my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> You need a mic drop, man. I swear. Like, <laughs> you could drop your phone. Uh, okay. Uh, Seb or Steve, any any ideas? Yeah, it's, it, it really depends. Like Tanya, by the way, shout out to this picture. Uh, I know you probably took it somehow, selfie style. <laughs> um, yeah, we, um, you know, yes, I, I'm, just, I'm the same way. I mean, for me, but it's important to understand and acknowledge that not everybody responds favorably to this. Like not everybody does. And that's, that's a fact. And it doesn't make them any less or any, you know, any lesser humans than anybody else. That's somebody that has the ability to do that. It just makes them different. That's it. And so acknowledging to the same way that somebody reacts very well to volume and training and physical training and others don't, they will, they will, they will get injured or, or whatever, when other people can just stack it up nonstop. It, it, it just, it just is, it, it's, it's nothing other than that. And so for me, this works really, really well. I can, if I really sort of do things that are as scary as possible, and what was the, the second part? Uh, the, the second part? Uh, radical I, acceptance. Mm -hmm. Yeah, precisely. I mean, ultimately, at the end of the day, Tanya, I think what happens is it gives you a sense of control. And as, as sort of twisted as this sound, controlling, control is something that we really have not very much of. And if you are taking the decision to take something on that truly makes you feel uncomfortable and, and, and at the verge of, 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 of death, either metaphorically or real, and you do it will, willfully and willingly, it actually gives you a sense of control over those circumstances. And that's actually in a twisted way, very effective. And once you have that, it actually lower your stress at the central nervous system later because you've been there so now you have self-induced perspective so you've actually created perspective within your own world by doing it yourself man you don't need any external factors to do that how incredible is that and how amazingly powerful is it as a concept so yeah again not for everybody and if it isn't for you perhaps you want to start in increments and start a lot lower and and just you know slowly increase that baseline and eventually things that used to be uncomfortable will be comfortable again. And then you start pushing again and again and again. And when you look back at, at destination B from A, you will realize that you've come a very long way. Yeah, could agree more. Steve, any thoughts? Uh, no, I just like the analogy of, uh, you know, what you do in arena A and you put yourself and you control those decisions uh, ultimately is going to spill over in arena B and then in arena C. And so, there's, I think there's part of our, our makeup of who we are that will may, may not recognize the, the specific thing or the specific arena that we're entering into, but we recognize the feelings and we recognize that breathing technique. Okay, here it is again. This is something, you know, from cold water to jujitsu. I mean, I'm a, I'm a big guy. Uh, I know what I know through like the academy and some of the things that I've learned along the way when it comes to self-preservation, let's say, but uh, stepping into the world of jujitsu, I'm, I'm a complete newbie. I have no idea what I'm doing. Um, I get tapped out all the time. Uh, I've, I've learned a couple of things already. And that is my strength means for the most part, a hill of beans when I'm, when I'm in the mix with someone. And so the, the, so here's the point, the thing that I would rely on and I have relied on, and it even has been successful in my job, which is my size and strength. Uh, I am glad to see that I'm now in an arena where that stuff is not enough. That's not okay. That's not the go-to anymore that I need to broaden what I'm doing. Um, uh, because when I find myself in those situations, uh, in arena a, um, you know, I'm, it's going to spill over when I, when I make those controlled decisions, those, those, uh, conscious decisions to go, go after something different and it's hard and I don't like it. And that learning curve sucks. And I just, but at the same time, I know the benefit. And so if, if you can find the thing that works for you and then uh, just understand that whatever that thing might be, uh, it's 
it's the baseline of, of that environment in your own self that says, I've been uncomfortable before, albeit looks completely different than this particular thing. But the, the element of being uncomfortable, I mean, when, when we when we go to calls on the job, there's, you know, no, no two calls are the same. Uh, but the feelings inside and the, the principles, they're very much the same. So we have to rely on on those things, not not the specific thing, but the the principal thing, I guess, is what I'm getting at. So mm-hmm. uh, control, yeah. We're, like Joe Rogan says, he puts himself through hell when he works out so hard because he believes that by putting himself through that stuff, it strengthens something else in him. That when he's faced with different adversity, it's it's going to be uh, a familiar a familiar um, journey, I guess, or a familiar uh, navigation through that situation. Yeah, yeah. There's a. Uh... There's actually a really great scene. Have you guys seen the movie The Devil's Brigade? Like the old one from the 50s? No? You got to go watch it, Steve. It's awesome. I will. The Devil's Brigade. Uh, there's, a, there's a scene in it where the American major is uh, is talking with the colonel, and he find, the colonel finds a rattlesnake in his footlocker. And it's like, what are you doing with a rattlesnake in your footlocker? And he goes, uh, well, I'm terrified of them, so I figured I'd put one in my in my footlocker <laughs> the colonel's like what he goes well yeah i was terrified of heights so i became a paratrooper and i was then i was terrified mm-hmm. of snakes so i put it in my footlocker so because you're terrified of something doesn't mean that you just never do it it means that you probably should engage it in some way uh welcome to my life <laughs> i will say this that <clears throat> to, to steve's point and, and it was in respect to Joe Rogan and how, you know, he goes mega hard, smashes out a super hard workout, et cetera. And that's, you know, that's awesome. We all should be doing that, but not just workouts. It's, that's a singular thing. And what we're looking is not just the A, we're looking for the A to Z, the crossover across the entire spectrum of your life, your humanness. And so if, if, if a workout is hard, smash it. If the thing that you've never done before is hard, go smash it never jumped out of the plane go smash it that's our job is to challenge our steve i can't believe that you you worked your head wrong there do you, do you realize <laughs> you moved it from side to side yeah, this way it. when it was that's how the head works <laughs> yeah so, so go find the hard it. things go find the hard things the new hard things yeah, yeah. New hard and things. do them yeah that's a great point and uh you know i'm a big guy too I jumped out of a plane. I tried to fly back in. I still landed well. So like, that's the key part, right? I hit the ground. It was smooth. It looked cool at the time. Um, we have a couple comments and then we'll wrap it up here. Uh, Blackbird says, absolutely. Seb, I've gone from being so nervous in pursuit of a challenge that I felt nauseous, even vomited. But then once it's completed and I've succeeded, it's an incredible endorphin wrench, new limit set hundred percent. Um, Winterstorm says, if you can't put yourself through hell when training and controlled, then someone will put you through hell when it's not. That is a great point. Uh, and then Tanya jumps in with, uh, love this. I made myself get through my fear of being submerged in water. Turns out that skill crossed over to fighting through BJJ strangulations. That's a, absolutely. Uh, this also works the other way. Every time you betray yourself by taking the easy route, in one avenue, it crosses over to all the other aspects of your life. A hundred percent. That was a great one. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, that's a mic drop if I ever heard one. Um, we're gonna get Tanya on here eventually, mm-hmm. so be She's prepared. Fantastic. Prepare yourself, Tanya. I'm gonna get you on here. <laughs> and then uh, Julie says, "Embrace the suck." That is a hundred percent. It. Any uh, any final thoughts before we shut her down, uh, Steve? I'm gonna put you on the fire. Anything? burning before we close uh, her up first thanks so much for for all this this has been great dialogue it stretches into new territory even just the conversation but you know everyone wants that mountaintop experience everyone wants to be well look at look what happened here look at this mountaintop experience but you know what growth happens in the valley and we're all going to walk through valleys and i don't care how high your mountain might be i don't care what valley you've been in and for how long you've been there the truth is you've got to come back to you You've got to come back to, okay, I recognize where I am. I recognize where I got to go. And I recognize that the things that I've been doing to get there maybe maybe hasn't been working. So don't be afraid to step out into new territory. Don't be afraid into stepping out into something where um, it's scary. And just like, like Tanya said, like if you start to relinquish those and you start to pull back and you start to um, ignore that and, and 
keep quitting on that, well, then all of a sudden, that's what's going to become the easy path, you know, be like water, you know, finds the path of least resistance. My, my encouragement is to step into those things that's going to help you climb in that mountain. Yeah, the mountaintops experience are good, but don't forsake the times in the valley because a lot of growth sometimes is missed when you're in the valley. Yeah. Do you have any final thoughts? No, I've spoken enough, bud. <laughs> I like the guy from Mandalorian, I have spoken. Sean, any final <laughs> thoughts? And like the Mandalorian says, this is the way. And I will build off that to Steve's point. The way towards the top of the mountain is broken down in two parts as I see it. The outcome, which is called the top of the mountain, where you learn next to nothing other than there's another mountain. Where the, all the growing, where all the learning, where all of the understandings in life is built is when you put your boots on and get to the base of the mountain. Just getting to the base is where all the good stuff occurs. That's all the growth. And that's, that's the non-sexy stuff. The top of the mountain is the sexy stuff. But when you get to the top, it's already been done. You were done as you were approaching the top. All the work is getting to the base of the mountain. So let's invert the outcomes and say that the outcome is this. You won if you got to the base of the mountain. The top of the mountain is just the view to the next mountain. I love that. It, the top of the mountain is an eventuality once you started at the base. I love that. That's fantastic. Uh, well, then again, great way to end the show. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us, Steve and Seb. Sean, as always, always good chatting with you. Hopefully next time we won't be in a co-op. <laughs> <laughs> I just love broken Adam. Uh, yes, yeah, so hopefully tomorrow when you guys join us, you can uh, you will have already done this, which is liking the channel, subscribing to it, hitting the notification bell. That way, you get a little notification every time we go live, which is every day. So we'll see you all tomorrow. Hope you have uh, learned, built, and grown today here on the collective. Chimo. Chimo. Chimo.